0: to the Week 8 edition of the Central Texas Football Podcast. My name is Ryan Vox, and I'm joined alongside my co-host, Mr. Kenny Keith. Kenny,
1: how you doing today, sir? Man, we're doing good. Uh, crazy week last week. Yeah. You know, some stuff, uh, uh, the Cameron Yo Academy game, some weird mm-hmm. things went on. Uh, you know, China Springs scoring a ton of points in yeah. one quarter. So yeah. we got a lot of stuff to talk about.
0: Yeah, but first let's start, and I, you know, I hate to start with like... A, you now, kind of a sad situation but it's definitely worth talking about so mike shields the head football coach and athletic director over at mcgregor um last a week ago today the day last week's episode dropped uh, last thursday found out that he has been diagnosed with bone marrow cancer uh, and i haven't i haven't heard much about this i don't know how rare it is or how treatable it is but obviously cancer is not a easy nor fun situation to talk about or experience. And, you know, of course, our thoughts and prayers are with with Coach Shields and the McGregor community. Uh, According to this article from KWTX in Waco, he's currently in Houston uh, getting treatment for this bone marrow cancer. Uh, Obviously, a a very well-respected member and leader of the community of McGregor, but both in the town and the high school athletic program. Just really, really tough news there. Um, the the players, you know, they're, they're stepping up for him. They put decals with Coach Shields' initials on their helmet. Just a really tough situation over there, in McGregor, right now, Kenny.
1: Yeah, and you hate to hear that. And, yeah. and like you said, definitely we're going to be praying for Coach Shields and uh, – Man, hope he has a speedy recovery and gets well and he's back on the sidelines soon.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's a great guy. I've talked to him on many occasions. I, my last, last year I worked at a job at one of the local sports radio stations in Waco, and I had the opportunity to host his weekly coaches show for that station. I talked to him every week for 10 games really top-notch guy, really kind, really respectful. Just, you, you just, you hate to see this for anybody, but especially for a guy like Mike Shields, uh, always for sure in our thoughts and prayers. And, uh, one more thing, uh, the Shields family has set up a GoFundMe page to help, you know, take care of the bills, which I'm sure are not cheap for, no. for treating this kind of, no form, this form of cancer. Uh, it's, I mean, again, it's, It seems to be so rare that he had to travel all the way down to Houston just to get the proper medical treatment. So we will post the link for this GoFundMe page uh, in the description of this podcast. So whether you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever, in the description of this episode, we will post the link for this GoFundMe. So if you're able... um, please, please donate to the Shields family as they're going through this really, really tough situation. Uh, I guess, again, thoughts and prayers to coach Mike Shields over at McGregor as he deals with a very rare form of cancer, uh, bone marrow cancer. So our thoughts and prayers are with him for sure. Uh, But now let's jump into our uh, week seven recap uh, first off, Kenny, let's talk about a game that we didn't preview this game last week, but looking back, we probably should have. I mean, this was a, a district championship bout, no doubt about it as Chilton 28 defeats Bremon 27 and a district
1: uh, showdown there. Yeah. And you know, we need to talk about Chilton more, the red brothers over there. Golly, yep. such great athletes. And, you mm-hmm. know, Bremon stumbled early, you mm-hmm. know, in, in the year and kind of probably didn't put a, enough value on this game that we should have. But uh, yeah, chilton came out and then showed out and uh yeah i think they're they're probably gonna probably make a run dude they got some athletes over there
0: yeah they're they're undoubtedly in the driver's seat for this for this district uh and it was the same case last year this is the district opener for both teams and it's kind of a weird situation not many teams get to experience it when you know i i mean obviously you have to play every game in district but you know In some cases like this, you know, when the opening game is for the district title, it's just, it's a crazy thing. But Chilton, the Pirates do come out on top over Bremon 28-27, and... Uh, again in Class Two A, how about Toller forty three nothing winners over Coleman? Uh, I thought that game would be a little bit more competitive, but again Toller without Peyton Brown taking care of business and then some.
1: Well, you know, uh, yeah, what a, kind of a blowout? You know, Isaac Blessing and Garrett Nation. You know, they just kind of mm-hmm. I heard somebody say last week maybe reinvented themselves without Peyton Brown, and you know just a kind of a different ball club. But you know they're doing really well, and I still think. Especially with Crawford down the way they are, that you know Toller's the favorite in that region. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, no doubt, and the, and they've proved it again because that Coleman team is no slouch. That's the team that went three or four rounds deep last year and returned a lot of guys. A, another true statement win without Peyton Brown, and but it, they haven't missed a beat. We t- we've been talking about it the last few weeks. Toller still on a roll here again, forty three nothing winners over the Coleman Blue Cats, and another. A uh, one-sided affair from last week that we kind of expected uh, as Malakoff just takes care of business over Tig 35 to nothing and I think the main thing you want to look at from the result of this game I think Tig's fine I think this is one of the one of those ones where you just wa- tip your cap wad it up throw it in the trash and just move on to the next week I think Tig's fine even after this result
1: yeah because you know Malakoff's the region favorite yeah. we'll know a lot more well I don't know if we'll know a lot more As far as Malakoff, but, you know, you've got that winsboro pottsboro game this week. Yep. Uh, That's probably their biggest challenge in that region, unless Mm. you see some teams step up, like a Grandview or a Whitney or, uh, you know, who's that Region 5, Jefferson or somebody like that. Yeah. And, you know, and talking about three – not to get off topic, but talking about 3A-D1. Yeah. I just – I look at Columbus. I watch some of their film and look. And this game, this mm-hmm. week with Hitchcock, what the, I mean, if they weren't on the Texas coast, I'd like to go watch it. But you know, talking about uh, Malakoff, yeah, what we what we thought, you know, they mm-hmm. a good team, but they're just not on Malakoff's level.
0: Yeah, I think and I think for Malakoff, TIG was probably going to be their biggest district test. Malakoff, like like you alluded to, might not get pushed till the third or fourth round of the playoffs. Yeah, and if, that's
1: where seating comes. I mean, yep. you know, if you're a if you're a three AD one team in Region Two, you know you probably don't want to see Malakoff until the fourth round. You know, and I'm not th- I'm not saying teams are going to throw games, but this time of year, you're starting to look at seeding and hey, who will we get in the second or third or fourth round? So, very interesting. Yeah. So again, Malakoff
0: thirty five nothing winners over TIG and a bizarre game over in Johnson County as China Spring. Defeats Alvarado 64-28. Now, for those who didn't watch this game, <laughs> at the end of the first quarter, Alvarado, after some really solid opening drives, you know, those are the scripted drives, and some really nice defensive stops, led uh, China Spring 13 to nothing at the end of the first. Then by halftime, China Spring led 50-20. to Yeah, Kenny, that's right. They scored 50 points in a single quarter, like you alluded to earlier, it's just, you know, after that 13 nothing lead going into the second quarter, just somehow, some way, things just completely fell apart uh, for Alvarado. Was, again, 50 points in a single quarter. Can you even think of the last time you've ever seen that? I can't.
1: No, you know, and, and I think you text me. And said, hey, look, you know, is up, up on China nothing, Spring early. Yeah. Yep. And you're like, whoa, that's crazy. And then <laughs> yeah. 45 minutes later, you pull the score up. And you're like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> yeah. And uh, man, uh, just can't say enough good things about China Spring. Yeah. Catch McCollum and, and Barton over there. You know, they're just a really good, really good football team. And World I coached. just, I don't know that you can count. I mean, I think, you know, they've stumbled. But I mean, for me, they're the favorite, and D one, you know, four A D one, they're they're the favorite and to let's win it.
0: and let's not get it twisted. That is a good Alvarado team Absolutely. that they that they, that they manhandled that. So sixty four twenty eight, China Spring winners over Alvarado to uh, open district with a win and they got a big one this week against La Vega and we'll dive more into that one later in the show and another game that you alluded to at the top of the show uh, Little, Little River Academy winners over Cameron Yo, 36 to 28 so we were talking about this game prior uh, prior to recording and so towards the end of the first half I think you said there was a a uh, couple unsportsmanlike penalties called on Coach Rhodes and one of his players, and then to start the second half, <laughs> did I, did I hear this right when you told me Little River, Little River Academy had the kickoff from the Cameron Yo fifteen yard line?
1: Yeah, and I saw it on Twitter. And I don't know if it was Greg Willie or he retweeted or something, but you saw. <laughs> Wow. Little River Academy's kickoff team and the ball teed up at the 15-yard <laughs> line, and man, you know, uh, kind of close game. Yeah. Uh, but you know, Cameron didn't throw the ball real well, and mm-hmm. you know, and I think uh, Little River Academy's defense is pretty underrated, but they've done a great job. The guy that we've talked about all year, Cavalli Neely, almost rushed for 300 yards that game, mm-hmm. if if Max Prep stats are right. And uh, that guy's a workhorse, and I think they're going to lean on him going forward. And I'm excited to see this uh, Little River Academy. Uh, even though Lorena beat them, but I just like we like I said earlier, I don't I don't know that Franklin's the best team in that region anymore. And it wouldn't surprise me if the Bumblebees go up there and give them a game.
0: Yeah, it it'll, Gosh, that's going to be a great game uh, whenever Academy and Franklin play. Just this district is we've we've talked about the last few weeks. This district is know shaping up at least for the moment i mean franklin hasn't lost yet but their games have been a lot closer compared to than they've been the last uh last year or two but they're still riding that what is i think it's like a 37 38 game winning streak now so i mean they're still on top until someone beats them. And you know yeah
1: they they won the state championship game so Mm -hmm. they're probably number one until somebody beats them yeah you know columbus is looking really good i got to look at some of their film and uh but you know, this Little River Academy team's probably going to give Cameron uh, Franklin a run for their money.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, and again, like you were saying, how the defensive academy is underrated. I think you could say the same about their offense because they can attack you from so many different ways. Like you mentioned, Cavalli nearly putting up nearly 300 rushing yards and. I think he had, what, three or four touchdowns, something like that. And then you still have the quarterback, Casey Mraz. He's a, he's an athlete too, so they can attack you from so many different ways, so many weapons across the board. So, yeah, Academy uh, ca- taking care of business over Cameron Yo, 36-28. And then probably one of the top games from last week. How about this result, Marlon 33
1: Crawford 30 what a nice win for Ruben Torres and company absolutely and uh, you know you'll hear it later on we got to talk to Coach Torres Uh and uh, I had Marlon winning that game and you know they're they're just a different offensive philosophy this year that you know with Desmond Woodson last year they like to throw it around you know Mm -hmm. they had some dudes that could go catch the ball and uh, Coach Torres will tell you in that interview, you know, he kind of reassessed what he wanted to do as a football coach and a football team. They started running the ball a lot more and, and trying to stop the run. And it showed, you know. And I think you don't have to have you don't have to have that mentality to win all your games. And yeah. you're gonna be in some shootouts where you've got to throw the ball around. But going into a Crawford game, I think that's a good philosophy to have. Hey, we're gonna run the ball. We're going to eat up clock and we're going to stop the run. And you know, and he'll tell you they you know they had some lapses in uh, pass coverage, but they overcame it. Probably too many penalties, but a good win for Marlin.
0: Yeah. Uh, again, it's just they've they've really set them up. They've set themselves up for possibly a district championship, you know, victory if they are able to beat Riesel this week. Now Riesel, you know, again they if they win, they still have to play Crawford. So, you know, there's still a number of ways that that district... Can and Marlin's still got to
1: play Rosebud a lot. So, oh, that's a, that's so a good point got, as well. both got two games that mm. are pretty important. So,
0: yeah, it's not set in stone yet. They both have still some big games to play, but Marlin getting that big win over Crawford, they've set themselves in pretty good position uh, at this point in the season. So, again, 33-30 winners, Marlin over Crawford. And then another game that we didn't cover that last week, but I feel like it's worth mention, mentioning, uh, Alan Harris, Kalina. Chaparral squad defeats Elgin at Elgin 42-26. Now, for one, that's a huge district win, for sure. Uh, it's the Elgin team that pretty much manhandled them last year, and they were able to go on the road and beat them by 16. And the significance of that, it's the first road win in program history for this Colleen Chaparral team. Huge win for Allen
1: Heron Company. Yeah, and, and I think I did pick the Chaparral you Bobcats you to did. finish fourth mm-hmm. in that district. That is, you know... Second year for Coach Hare, and uh, we talk about these slot team, these run-based offensive, you know, if these kids learn that when they're in seventh grade, eighth grade, mm-hmm. all the way up, by the time you get that cycle through, they're going to be pretty good. You know, they, they're yeah. not going to – may not win state championships, but, you know, these kids know that offense. They know they're blocking assignments. Mm-hmm. So two years later, I think Coach Hare has the Bobcats on yeah. the upswing, and it's going to be fun to see what happens.
0: Yeah, especially, like you said, with that type of offense, it's something that – it's a system type of offense that you have to be brought up in and that's why they struggled last year is because it was their first year of varsity play and it's kind of they're the newest school in the district so it was like all these move-ins from all the other schools and around the area kind of just these new kids that probably for the most part didn't really know each other didn't grow up together and they're just kind of thrown together and you know on the field and they still you know they they you know, they took their lumps, but they still showed some promise last year, um, especially towards the end of the season, really, when they started scoring points. And, hey, this is their third win of the season so far, and two, second win in district play. So, yeah, huge win for Chaparral. And who knows, maybe we'll try to get
1: Alan Hare on the show here pretty soon. Yeah, because uh, we'll, I think they've got to – you know, this is a big game coming yeah. up. But uh... – They've got one or two more coming, and Mm -hmm. we've got his contact info, so we'll reach out to him and we'll have him on. For sure. But, yes, another huge win, the first road win in
0: program history – for the Colleen Chaparral Bobcats, forty two twenty six winners over the Elgin Wildcats, and that is it for our week seven recap. Now let's jump over to our Matt Step question of the week. And the question for Matt Step this week was with a with the handful of Central Texas games, uh, with huge playoff implications on the on the line, which games intrigue you the most? and why. And uh, Matt Stepp's answer was, with Waco University hosting Elgin this Friday, that will be the one I'm watching. University was upset last week by a previously winless Pflugerville team, so this is a must-win for the Trojans who can't afford another head-to-head loss with the team there... Uh, with a team they are competing for one of the last two playoff spots uh, elgin is a good team who's fully capable of coming to waco and leaving with a win another big thing to watch is not only do you want to get into the playoffs but for university a win keeps them in play for the three seed and,
1: ab- and avoiding austin lbj in the by district round and i watched a little bit of that university Fleurville game man fluerville Made some plays. Mm-hmm. And university looked like they kind of came out flat. You know, didn't they? Really probably play came in thinking they that they were going to win yeah, big time. So, yeah, that's going to mm-hmm. be a dogfight, and that's a good choice. And I, I actually gave uh, Matt a couple of choices of different games, and he kind of picked that one, and uh, I overlooked it. And that, that's a good choice.
0: Yeah, and this is a, uh, I think for University now. University, this is the team I covered last year. Mm-hmm. I, I did play by play for them last season uh, over on the radio station in Waco, and. um you know, this is a this is a game that they had in the palm of their hands when they played at Elgin last year. And Elgin, I think it was like with 47 seconds left, drove down the field in four plays and scored a game-winning touchdown because they won that game, uh, 36 to 35, at home. And I think university, even though it's a different coaching staff, it's still all the same players. So they remember that. And now they have them at home, especially like like Matt Stepp said, with huge playoff implica- seating implications on the line here, coupled with the fact that they probably do have that chip on their shoulder just yeah. because of how they lost this game last year. And now they get another crack at them at home. I think it's going to be, it's a huge game for both teams. Even the same thing for Elgin. They lost to Chaparral last week, so they're still fighting for a playoff spot as well. So, I mean, I think as far as this whole district goes, I think it's still Belton's to lose. But, you know, the two through four, like it could, yeah, it could, go, it could go any number away. So, yeah, I, I agree with Matt Stead. That's a huge game to keep an eye on over here in central texas uh in class 5a and so uh, let's just go ahead and jump into our week eight preview let's start here five and one madisonville at five and two robinson this is the district opener for madisonville as they took uh they're coming off their bye week and then a robinson won their district opener last week uh in a road win at salado 28 16 uh what do you see in this one
1: kenny you know you know Madisonville was state ranked uh you know I think they dropped out after didn't they they just got beat right So, uh yeah they had they suffered their first loss um uh, to Columbus a 3 well, eight two weeks ago that's so yeah that's uh no shame in that's that no shame you know looking at Madison I haven't watched any film looked at stats you know they, they kind of maybe like to run the ball a little bit a little balanced mm-hmm. but so don't know which way they're gonna go they got some athletes on each side but I'm just a fan of this uh Lancaster team with the Robinson Rockets yeah Uh, man I think they kind of shocked the state here you know uh, Mm -hmm. like we said Madisonville was state state ranked and uh i like I like Robinson in this one, and you know they I think they kind of you know they 're throwing the ball a little better here later on, and uh, I think they 're going to going to kind of take their shots where they can. I think they want to run the ball they want to play some good defense you know they 've got some quality wins underneath their belt and i think I think Robinson's going to shock some people here and Robinson they play a lot better at home I
0: think uh, one of their one of their losses was at Loxahatchee life, kind of a head scratcher there. Um, not the fact that they lost, but that the, they lost by 26 points to a team that's going to miss the playoffs in their district. Has, uh, Waxahachie Life is in that district with um, At China Spring, Alvarado, and Stephenville, and all those guys, La Vega. Um, so that was just that was just the only kind of head-scratcher uh, on Robinson. And they lost in week one at home to university, a 5A team. No shame in that. No, a, not at a all. A playoff 5A team at that. So, But they've been – overall, they've been on a roll. they they played very well, especially on the defensive side of the ball, uh, just aside from that that Waxahachie life game. But, I mean – Aside, for Madisonville now, just aside from that 28 point loss to Columbus, they've been dominant. Their average margin of victory in their other five games are by 31 points. So they've taken care of business otherwise. And then it gets a Columbus team that would probably beat most of the teams in Class 4A, which is, you know, again, no shame in that. I think this is going to be a good game. Um, you know, but Robinson, they've been, I don't know what it is in the water there. When they're at home, they just play a lot, lot better. So this is. This honestly might be kind of a coin flip for me, but you say you were taking Robinson. Robinson, Ryan. Yeah,
1: and I, and you know, yeah. real quick, you know, this whole district, you know, I think Connolly, Madison, were the top two, but yeah. you, know, you got a Gatesville, a Robinson, mm-hmm. a Salado, and Gatesville Salado played this week. It's not as top heavy
0: as it's yeah. been the last so couple. You're going to figure out
1: something, of, you know, Salado. It's hard to gauge them because they played some big, some tough three A teams, mm-hmm. some some five A teams. So I think Bernie, they played Bernie. Yeah. Uh so you know they may have something. You got the big, tall quarterback over there that can spin it a little bit. So it's going to be fun watching how this plays out. Yeah,
0: but I, I'm going to I'm going to go against you here. We're going to be split on our first game. I'm going to take Madisonville on the road here. I mean, they've had they're coming off that you know, that their first loss of the season uh, to Columbus, but that was two weeks ago. They've had two weeks to kind of shake that off and prepare for this game. Uh, I'll I'll take the Madisonville Mustangs in this one. But again, five one Madisonville at five and two Robinson. Keep on this one. One. It's going to be a really, really good matchup uh, over there in McLennan County. And how about our next one? Could be the game of the week, uh, not just in Central Texas, but arguably you can make a case for this to be the top game across the entire state. How about 5-2 and two La Vega at 5-2 and two China Spring? Um, you know, La Vega started off their district Season in dominant fashion over the aforementioned Waxahachie Life last week. And much like China Spring, in pre district, they kind of had a tough schedule. I mean, you look at La Vega, teams they played Connolly, Midlothian Heritage, Lorena, Yoakum, etc. I mean, they. And China Spring, you know, they played a couple private schools: San Antonio Cornerstone, Dallas Parish Episcopal, the number one team in 5A Division Two, and the Melissa Cardinals. So both these teams are undoubtedly very battle tested. Um, but I mean, again. With China Spring, we mentioned it earlier, they fell early, 13 nothing at Alvarado last week, but put up 50 points in a single quarter and just took full control of that game from there.
1: Um, what are you seeing in this one, Kenny? You know, when I, when I think about this game, of course you're going to think about Cash McCollum and how good he is, but I think about the running backs. And, uh, you know, we know Bryson Rowland was tremendous when he was a sophomore. Uh, but, you know, watching that Conley-China spring game, did you see Kyle Barton run away from everybody? I mean, I mean, he returned yeah.
0: kicks. Even against Alvarado last week. Yeah, fastest uh-huh. kid in the
1: mm-hmm. area. I mean, that dude is has football speed. He's a stud. And I think that's the key. I think they have that guy. You know, and, uh Cash McCollum leads the area in passing yards and touchdowns. But I think the key to that offense is Kyle Barton. Mm-hmm. And I just don't. Think Lavega, you know their defense and what mm. we think a Lavega defense should be. Yeah, and I just, you know, I just think there's just too much for them. You know, you know, you got a really great quarterback. You got probably, you know, Kiefer Sibley and then Kyle Barden are probably two best running backs. And Braylon Henry down in Lorena is making a case for himself. And then you have Bryson Rowland across the sideline. But yeah, I just think Kyle and Cash McComb, just too much for these guys.
0: Yeah, and another thing to consider here is the environment that's going to be played at China Spring. I think this is going to be standing room only on both sides. It's going to be a pivotal district matchup here. And China Spring, especially... Again, we mentioned it before, a dominant win over a very good Alvarado team. they got to be riding pretty high right now, especially because they've had two back-to-back very nice bounce-back wins since their loss a couple weeks ago to the private school Dallas Episcopal. So this is going to be, again, a raucous environment. I think both teams are going to get up for this one. And how about the running back battle? Like you said, Bryson Rowland against uh, Kyle Barton is going to be a good one. But I think the biggest matchup here will be – La Vega's run game against China Springs defense and vice versa. Like who can stop the running game yeah, and try I'm, to make the other team one dimensional. And
1: I just don't think La Vega yeah. has shown that they can stop mm-hmm. that running game, you know, yeah. and, uh, they've gave up a lot of points this year. And, uh, I just, you know, like we said, I think mm. the, the offense that China Springs is too much for La Vega. Yeah,
0: I agree. So, uh, La Vega at China Spring, both teams 5-2, and two, both teams 1-0 and o in district play. Again, keeping on this one as well, this is going to be a huge game. And In our next game, we will cover 4-2 and two Marlin against the 6-0 and o unbeaten Riesel Indians. But as we mentioned at the top of the show before we dive into this one, Kenny had a chance to sit down with the head coach of the Marlin Bulldogs coming off their 33-30 win over Crawford last week. Here is Kenny's, Kenny's interview with Coach Ruben Torres.
1: Okay, I'm here with Coach uh, Ruben Torres, the head football coach for the Marlin Bulldogs. Coach, how you doing today? Doing great. Hey, man, thanks for hopping on. Uh, I know you're kind of right in the middle of a long season. Uh, season kind of started out a little odd, you know, uh, a lot nobody kind of expected y'all to not play that first game, but, you know, we understand that's kind of the uh, expectations you had set for, for the, the athletes there. Uh, you know, it kind of 1-1, won, won, lost a couple to a really good Mart team, which is kind of a danged if you do, danged if you don't, when you play a, a good 2A team like that. And then, man, what a great win last week against Crawford. Uh, tell us about that one.
2: Yeah. I um, was really excited uh, with how our kids were able to you know kind of ride the waves throughout that game um, you know as you know Crawford year-in and year-out uh, one of those blue blue chip teams and well coached by coach Jacobs and his staff and of course their history um, you know if you know anything about Texas football especially in 2A you know Crawford's history and they've earned that and so Um, You know, I I thought we made a lot of mistakes. I wasn't real happy with our penalties. Um, And we had some big coverage breakdowns, and and Crawford capitalized on that. You know, and and I wish we would have played a much cleaner game. But, you know, in the end, we got the win against a very uh, good Crawford team, and and I was really happy with just how our kids persevered and and stayed level-headed and stayed in it. And and no moments were too high or too low for them, and and we were able to pull it out there. Uh, in the end you know we were down at half and the second half came out and, and took the lead and you know just kind of rolled from there
1: well coach i noticed you know i haven't watched you play and i hope to get to uh, get out there to watch all friday night um you know your offense is a little different you run the ball a lot more this year and is that a scheme kind of a, a, a changing of the scheme or just adapting to what kind of athletes you have on the team
2: well, it's it's two things. When when we when we lost last year, and it was an embarrassing loss to a very good Toller team. When when we came back from Christmas break, and and of course myself over Christmas break was just stewing over it. And you know, I watched every state championship game that was played uh, in person, and you know, it, it just really came back to you know to win and to win big. There's two things you got to do, and you got to be able to run the ball. And you got to be able to stop the run. And, and I felt like those were two very lacking uh, points or aspects of our team the previous year. So we made a really big emphasis this off season and this summer in establishing a run game. And, you know, of course, we, we're lucky. We have three, four running backs, you know, that, that all bring something different. But they're all extremely good. I believe they would start on any on anybody's team in our district. And, you know, we've been really blessed. And this, this offensive line that we have, with the exception of one player, has been here since I've been here. So we're experienced up front. Our defensive line's the best it's been. You know, we did lose our starting linebacker, Ty Bell, in the, in the Chilton scrimmage. But I got to give our kids a lot of credit for stepping up. And we, we did make some changes. Uh, on the defensive side, we brought in a new defensive coordinator and Jeff Rogers from Grosbeck and Frankie Smith, who's you know a, a Central Texas legend as a player, but he's brought he's brought a lot of enthusiasm and and expertise to our secondary, so that's helped quite a bit. And then anytime you're starting a, a first-year quarterback, I think it's important to really let him get comfortable and grow um, behind the run game. And so our quarterback Roderick Suters every week is just made leaps and bounds uh, strides at the quarterback position and so i'm really excited about that because you know he's a six foot 280 pound kid that can run uh, extremely athletic he's probably our best athlete in in the entire school and now he's starting to get the hang of the passing game i thought he threw the ball really well the last two weeks and he's looked really good in practice and so um You know, we're going to do whatever it takes to win, throw when we have to. But um, I I think as he grows, you know, the the offense will start to open up a little bit more in terms of the passing game.
1: Well, hey, Coach, so I'm not going to say this is a uh, a district, you know, whoever wins this game is going to, you know, win the district championship. But I think it puts you kind of in the lead to do that. So you, you got Riesel. Friday night, uh, you know, a big quarterback over there in Gavin Oliver, and I think they they kind of like to muddy the waters and play good defense and, and run the ball and, eat, and chew up some clock. What do you expect out of those guys?
2: Uh, just exactly that. <clears throat> you know, we expect them to put the, the ball in the hands of number seven and uh, really, you know, make it a grinded out slugfest. And so, you know, for us, we have to get off the field on defense. Um, You know, and they're going to do just exactly what you said, and they've done it all year, and so there's no reason for them to change. Um, You know, they are – you know, they do have the ability, and he has the ability to throw, you know, especially if you fall asleep on the back end. But um, at the end of the day, for us, for us to, to give ourselves the best opportunity to win defensively, You know we have got to stop the run um, because even if you get them in a third and a yard, fourth and one, they're going to go for it and they kind of run that Philly quarterback sneak and they put in a big (laughs) offensive lineman behind them and and they shove it right down your throat. So winning on first and second down is going to be extremely important for us and for us to control the line of scrimmage. And then, you know, we played them last year and He got going um, right there at the end of the second quarter. And the third quarter, you know, that game started getting interesting, and I know it's a different coaching staff. Uh, So we're going to have to tackle him low. You know, you you watch him on film, guys that try to hit him up high just bounce off. Um, So, you know, we're going to have to do a good job of kind of rallying and getting 11 hats to him and, and, you know, trying to stop his legs from getting going because – as he starts moving forward, it gets harder and harder to slow him down. And and that's their style of play. So, you know, from a physical standpoint, we're going to be tested and we're going to find out just how tough we really are.
1: Hey, Coach, we appreciate you sitting down with us today. And I hope you all have safe travels to Riesel and, and all your kids come out healthy and good luck.
2: All right. I appreciate it. Thank you.
0: And that was Kenny's interview with the head coach of the Marlin Bulldogs, Coach Ruben Torres. Thanks again to Coach Torres for joining us on the show today. So let's just dive right in, right into this one, Kenny. Again, four and two Marlin at six and zero, unbeaten. Riesel, this will be a huge game here. Massive game for both teams, as we mentioned before. Just huge playoff seating implications here, as we talked about at the top of the show. With Marlins' win over Crawford last week, again, they they would probably still have to play Rosebud Lot, but I think if they win this game, they might be in the driver's seat for the district title here.
1: Yeah, and it's going to be a good one because, you know, as we talked with Coach Torres, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Riesel's got a big quarterback, Gavin Oliver. Yep. They don't throw the ball the ball a whole lot, but when they do, they kind of pick their spots and, the, and they do well. And as Coach Torres said, hey, they had a couple of blown coverages against Crawford and a couple of scores they give up. So, something they need to work on. But, uh, you know, Marlon's going to – or Riesel's going to run the ball. They're going to play really good defense. Mm-hmm. They're going to muddy the waters, eat up some uh, clock. And then you look at Marlin. you know, and, and you've got uh, Roderick Suters, who's their quarterback. He's a junior this year, runs the ball really well. They don't throw it a whole lot like they did last year with Desmond mm-hmm. Woodson. Yeah. And then Mario Hopwood went for 110 last week again, and three touchdowns against Crawford. And then Iyer Key, eight for 178. So they're, it's going to be probably a fast game. Yeah. Not a whole lot of throwing uh, involved. I really want to try to go to this game. Uh, don't know if I will but man it's going to be a good one I think I like Riesel in this one
0: yeah I agree and that's just because of the strength of their defense they have three shutouts and the overall they only give up six points per game so they've been really really dominant but at the same time I think this is Marlin is easily this defense's biggest test yet absolutely yep. Yeah. just with the you know the scheme like the change of scheme how successful it's been and just the sheer athleticism that this Marlin team has it's I think I don't I don't know if this will be a high scoring game. I think it'll be one possession and like you said, both teams are gonna want gonna want to run the ball. And like you said with Coach Torres, his game plan for this is get your get his defense off the field as quickly as possible. Try to force turnovers because with Riesel, like you said, they're gonna try to, you know, muddy the water, keep the clock rolling, and just, you know, grind them down with the run game. Marlon's gonna to want to do the exact same things. Yeah. So that's gonna be just a huge clash here. Um, it's it's gonna be an interesting matchup. I mean, but Marlon Marlon they've scored a lot of points too. And with Riesel giving up six points per game, they've scored thirty three points per game. So this would be a huge test for Marlon's defense as well. So who knows? I mean, this could be a high scoring game. Who knows? But with, you know, again they're not going to be pass first they're both going to want to run the ball uh, first and foremost but and again as we mentioned before if Riesel wins this game that'll put him in a good position for the district title but they still have to play Crawford later in the season as well so just a lot of things riding on this game I think I'm going to take Reese on this one too Kenny
1: yeah and you know uh like Coach Torres said you know that quarterback, Roderick Suter, he's getting better every game. You know, yep. he, he didn't really see the field. He had a couple of receiving yards last year. You know, Desmond Woodson was a three-year starter over there at Marlin, so he stayed relatively relatively healthy. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a really fast game, maybe a 21-27. Yeah, I you can know, 17, mm-hmm. if somebody can kick a field goal, that type of deal. But, yeah, I just – you know, I can't – I'm just not going to bet against Riesel right now. Your mm. cousin Jelly says Riesel. So, I'm, I just can't <laughs> bet against Riesel right now.
0: Yeah, and, I mean, and, again, their defense has just been phenomenal. So, I guess at the end of the day, you want to go with the team that's only giving up six points per game through six games. So, yeah, we'll both take Marlon and Riesel on this one. And that will do it for our Week 8 preview. Let's go ahead and jump into our pick And let's start with Colleen Shoemaker at Waco High. Who do you, and, incur- uh, of course, uh, before we start, of course, we have our pick here. We'll have it with Curtis Quillen, uh, the former sports director at KCN Channel 6 in Waco. As always, we'll be joining us for the weekly pick So, again, Shoemaker at Waco High. Who do you, who do you and Curtis have in this one?
1: Uh, I've got Shoemaker. Curtis has Shoemaker. I'm going to take
0: Shoemaker as well. Then we have Itasca at Cayuga. I'm going to take the Wildcats of Cayuga here. i got the
1: Wildcats. Curtis... Has a wampus cat.
0: I like it. How about Wortham at Frost? I'm going to take Wortham in this one. Uh,
1: Wortham for me. Frost polar bears for Curtis.
0: Then we have Colleen Ellison at Colleen. Who do y'all got in this one? I got the Eagles. I'm going to take Colleen high in this one. What about Curtis?
1: He's got the kangaroos also.
0: We have Salado at Gatesville. I'm going to take Gatesville in this one. Yeah,
1: Gatesville across the board.
0: Elgin at University. Who do y'all got in this one? We got the Trojans. I'm going to take the Trojans as well. Lake Belton at Granbury. I'm going to take the lake here. Yeah. Dawson at Heiko. I'll take the Dawson Bulldogs on this one. Yep. Then uh, Madisonville at Robinson. I know you got Robinson. Who does uh, Curtis have? He
1: has the Rockets also.
0: I'm going to take Madisonville in this one. Try to get one up on y'all. And uh, Axtell at Italy. I'll take the Longhorns here.
1: Yeah. Horns up.
0: Hubbard at Meridian. Give me Meridian to get the win at home.
1: I got Meridian. Curtis has the Jaggers.
0: And Hillsborough at Ferris. I'll take Hillsborough in this one.
1: Yeah, across.
0: Uh, Leander Rouse at Colleen Chaparral. Who do y'all got in this one?
1: Uh, We got Rouse.
0: <laughs> Rouse in this one. I'm going to take... You know, I'm going to go with Clean Chaparral. They're going to get their third win in the row in, in a row. I'll take the Bobcats. Then we have La Vega at China Spring. I'll take China in this one. Yeah. China Spring across the board. Clifton at Buffalo. Who do y'all got in this one? We got the Cubs. I'm going to take Clifton in this one as well to get the big win on the road. Then we have Tig at Mejia. Give me the Lions.
1: Yeah. Across the board.
0: Fairfield at Grosbeck. Who do y'all got in this one? We got the Goats. I'll take the Goats as well. Temple at Hutto. Give me the Temple Wildcats in this one.
1: Uh, You and Curtis are going Temple Wildcats. I'm going Hutto Hippos.
0: Rockdale at Lorena. Give me the Leopards here. Yeah, Lorena. Then an interesting matchup here. Four and two against five and one. How about Palmer at Corsicana Mildred? Um, this is honestly from looking at the schedule, both teams they played. This is kind of a coin toss, but I'm gonna take Palmer to get the road win
1: here. Yeah, we got the porcupines across the porcupines, Palmer,
0: Palmer. (laughs) uh, Bulldogs, yeah, Bulldogs, Palmer, Bulldogs, McGregor at Cameron, yo. I'll take the yeoman here.
1: I got the yeoman with a little bit of uh, how can we a little bit of adversity with the yeoman?
0: Yeah, for sure. And then uh, West at Maypearl. Interesting matchup here. This could very well
1: be for the third playoff seed in this district. This will be fun because Grandview pretty much had their way with uh, Maypearl. Mm-hmm. But other than that, Maypearl's handled anybody they played. So yeah. this will be kind of interesting to see where, where West is at in this team or or where Maypearl's at. I'm, I'm going to take the Trojans here in this one. Who do yeah, y'all got? We got West across the board. And
0: Franklin at Troy Lions.
1: Yep, Franklin.
0: Then um, Marlin at Riesel. I'm gonna stick with Riesel here, man.
1: Curtis has Moody. I've got Rizzo.
0: You mean Curtis has Marlin?
1: Curtis has Marlon.
0: And then uh, now Moody at Crawford. Yeah, now you're good. Uh, I'll take Crawford in this one. And Curtis does have Moody in this wow. one. Wow. Um, with the upset win. And then our final for the Pickums we have 4-2 and Blooming Grove at 7-0 and o Scurry Rosser. I'll take the Wildcats here.
1: Yeah, Scurry across the board.
0: And that will do it for our Week 8 Pickums, And that'll do it for the show today. Thanks again for tuning in to Episode 9 of uh, the central texas football podcast here in season two kenny i don't know if you know this but next week will be our 30th episode of the ctfp already isn't that
1: crazy yeah who knew that we'd get past three who let us yeah. talk here for 30 episodes <laughs> much less uh, 30 so hey thank you all for uh tuning in, downloading, or, you know, however you listen to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we appreciate it. And go watch some football this weekend. Yeah, go watch some football, man. It's a great time of the year, and we're just three weeks from the playoffs. We are just... That's crazy because it seems like yesterday we were. I was trying to do a preview, and have my legal pad full of uh, not very good notes mm. trying to figure out what's what so yes, yeah, it's flown by yes it is as and again enjoy week eight of the
0: Texas high school football season again thanks again for tuning in to today's show if you want to reach out to us our email and direct messages are always open at, at CTFP podcast at gmail.com that's CTFP podcast at gmail.com or again on uh, Instagram and Twitter at CTFP podcast or on uh, Facebook our like our page uh, Central Texas Football Podcast and thanks again for once again for tuning in to today's episode of the CTFP for Kenny Heath I'm Ryan Fox and we will talk to y'all in week 9 now.